Welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Maudie Wollner, a multiple business owner, life coach, busy mom of three, and curious student of life. This podcast is a place for inspired women to gather. Each week, I will share personal stories, quick inspo, strategies that you can implement right away, and engage in real conversations with badass women who have made the conscious decision to live a life on purpose one that they have intentionally designed and that they now demand. No more allowing our lives to be defined by everyone else. No more putting ourselves on the back burner. No more living in a state of default and never going after our goals or our dreams. We are gonna live our best lives on our terms. Living on purpose is our goal and we're gonna get after it starting right now. All right, peeps, this is the part of the show that I get to give you a big old virtual hug. And thank you for reviewing my podcast, The Labor of Love of My Life. (laughs) These ratings and reviews seriously mean the world to me. This five-star review comes from LSIG24. LSIG says, I have podcasts in my queue that sometimes I just listen to when I'm bored and don't expect to get much out of them. Living on Purpose is not one of those. Each time I listen, I get a negative truth that really makes me think and changes the way I view a situation or ideas I have about myself. Maudie is a gifted communicator, and I feel lucky she chooses to share her knowledge with me and the world. Thank you for doing the work in your life so that you can inspire me to do the same. Oh my God, Elsig, thank you so much for this. I can't even begin to tell you how much this means to me. You know, sometimes it feels super lonely over here behind the mic, and hearing that my experiences are making a difference are what keep me going. So thank you. And I would love to hear what you think of the show. Please leave me a five-star review wherever you listen, and I will make sure to give you some love on a future episode. Lisa Stefan, welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast. This is a long overdue interview. I cannot believe it's taken me, I don't know, 74 episodes to get you on here, but I'm so excited to share your like passion and knowledge and wisdom all about finances with our listeners. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Maddie, so much for having me. I'm I'm honored. I'm excited and um yeah, this is going to be, this can be fun. It's going to be super fun. Who thought uh, talking about money was ever going to be fun? Right. <laughs> I know. Ooh. I know. It's always totally. a scary thing. Totally. Okay. Before we dig into all that scary money stuff, uh, tell us a little bit about Lisa Stefan. Uh, what do you have going on both personally and professionally right now? Well, personally, I just finished a major remodel in my house and kitchen and um, got a huge gourmet uh, cooktop range and that. And so I am passionate and having so much fun yes. cooking right now. Oh my gosh. How was remodeling during a pandemic? <laughs> well, yeah, it was a little challenging. Things were a little slower, yeah. um, but it, you know, overall it, it wasn't bad. Um yeah all things considered. Um, the pandemic really stinks right now because I want to have a house full of people. To <laughs> and I know, you, I know you love to gather. I know you love to host. And so it's just going to make hosting and gathering even that much more special. 
Yes. Yes. I'm so looking forward to that. That yes. And then professionally, well, um, it last year was a very busy year. I was able to help so many families um, refinance and save so much money or get into homes and just to look at and that's one of my passions with what I do is to help people get into a better financial situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was just, that's been great. Yeah. So you're not just about selling, selling loans. No, no, not at all. Not at all. In fact, there's people that have asked about, you know, refinancing and mm-hmm. I look at their situation and it doesn't make sense. So I'll, I'm very honest in telling people if it doesn't make sense. Right. To, to just hold on to what they've got. That's awesome. So tell us about how you got to where you are. I looked on your website and it says you're one of the top Seattle mortgage professionals, which I know you. And so I know this is the truth, but tell us, how did you get there? Take us back to the beginning of this mortgage professional career to where you are right now. Yeah. Well, I'm very honored to be one of the top professionals and who have been, um, Six-time five-star professional award winner. Yeah. Uh, that okay, what is, does that mean? I don't know what that means. So five-star award winner is the uh, top percent of mortgage professionals um, between the amount of work that they're doing and their client referrals and mm-hmm. um, references. Got so uh, they interview clients that you have worked with in the past. And if you have a five-star rating, so to speak, then um, you're in there and then they interview you to make sure that you meet all the qualifications. So you're a big lender. You do a lot of transactions and you're a good lender is what the five-star really means. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, and that, that, that's more important to me Mm -hmm. uh, on making people feel like the transaction was easy and it, it was relatively, and a lot of people think that wasn't as scary as I thought it was. Oh, that's amazing feedback. Yes. Yes. That, that makes me feel really good that we can keep people calm through that because there's a lot of paperwork in it yeah. and it can be a little overwhelming. So I have a great team and, you know, we just walk people through it one step at a time and do a lot of hand holding, which is great. Absolutely. And you have six five star awards to prove it. Yes. Okay. How'd you get there? T- take us back. Well, I was prior to getting into lending. Um, I was a competitive figure skating coach and what? competitor. Yes. Years ago, I was a competitor and coach. And, you know, I was, um, I love that again, mm-hmm. helping kids grow and, and build their confidence. And it was taking some time away from my family because it was before mm-hmm. or after school. And I've always liked money and mm-hmm. math and that. And I had a friend that was in the mortgage business. And so I thought, well, let's see, um, let's see what it's all about. And um, so when I started uh, in that back in 2005, whew, oh uh, <laughs> it, it was, um, it, it was just like, let's see how it is. And the first year, I think I, I only had two transactions that I closed. I didn't know really how to build my business uh-huh. and, and that. And so 
And and one of the things kind of, and I know we'll get into it, mm-hmm. when I met with uh, one of the first agents that um, in the business, one of the things that they said to me that really stuck is that she said, finances are really interesting. She said, mm-hmm. people would rather stand there naked in front of you <laughs> than give you their finances. <laughs> Totally. Literally. It's like up there with like talking about sex. Like yeah. it is weird and awkward and we need to normalize it, I think. Right. Right. And, and th- so that stuck with me. And so it, it took a long time for family and friends to trust mm. uh, me. Mm. And, and I think also once a couple of them did and they knew I didn't talk about it because they were afraid that I would go tell so-and-so in the oh, family yeah, or that. Right. And you know, what I do is a hundred percent confidential. Yep. And unless they want me to talk to somebody about it, I, oh. I won't. And so that built that trust. So it was a slow growing, mm. growing period. And, and I worked completely by referrals. And I think that's what's really built my business and uh, just being able to help yeah. people and people remember the service and how I took care of them. And I've had clients that have said, I've, I know I'm not your only client. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am the only client that wow. you have right now. Wow. And that's like, wow. You really yeah. see your clients, make them feel special and important and not even make them feel, you just acknowledge that they are. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I understand and I recognize their fears and mm-hmm. I understand they have questions and that's one of the things that um, I always tell them. I'm like, you can text, call, or email me anytime if you yeah. have a question. Don't worry about it. You can never ask me too many questions. Yeah. So it's it's almost like a big piece of your business is education. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. then I'm glad that I asked you to be on the podcast because I feel like there's so much education that could be had around money and finances and and lending. Take me back to, so I'm really curious about, so you say you're a professional figure skater turned mortgage lender. Yes. <laughs> quite interesting, right? <laughs> I love it. Tell me, are there any similarities between the two careers that you've had and thrived and, and been successful in? That's a really good question. I've never really thought about that. I think where, where they are similar is that I am helping people reach their goals. So when I was coaching skating, I was helping these children and and adults reach their goal of accomplishing a new a new jump, a new spin yeah, right. or or that. And then with with the mortgage side, it is educating people on the process working with them, maybe they have not so good credit or they don't have money yet for the down payment, working with them over a period of time so that they are set up in a situation. So they're both have their education part of it, I think. Absolutely. And you mentioned uh, when you're talking to a client in lending, you really hold their hand and you just take them through one step at a time. And I can imagine that being a skating coach and someone wants to do a triple luxel flip you can <laughs> you, that's a new combination <laughs> okay it, it, like, you don't just start from you don't go a to z you methodically go through the steps and really hold their hands to get them to their goal which seems really in line with how you approach lending yes 
Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It, it, it's not, we live in a very fast food drive through society, a instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And it's, yes. it, it is sometimes challenging, you know, to work with people and to understand, okay, you may not be able to do this now, Yeah, but if you do A, B, and C, I love that. you I love will that. be able to. It's not a no. It's not a no. Never. Mm-hmm. It's a not now. Let's get ready. Yes, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. So I was doing a little creeping on your your website and your Instagram, which I love looking at your Instagram and watching you cook in that new kitchen that you're so passionate about. It just it's just been really fun. But what I saw on your website that I was really drawn to is your purpose statement. And you know, this is the Living on Purpose podcast. And so I'm curious why a purpose statement as a as a lender. And what does it mean? Tell us about your purpose statement. Absolutely. So my purpose is creating a space for inspiration and trust so that we all have the opportunity to shine. Mm. And that is where in, in, in the mortgage business, it's, it's about the money and it's about the paperwork. And it's just, it's, it's not about that. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the meat of it, but it's really about educating people and and giving them the opportunity to reach their goals and working with them step by step and and having that safe space yeah that they can ask me questions mm. and that safe space that they can not be embarrassed about how much debt they have, where their credit is at, or, you know, not be embarrassed and be a non-judgmental zone. And so I think that it was really important for me to have this purpose statement so that I can remember why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think even as, you know, I've purchased a few houses over the years And when we consider purchasing another house, I think, you know, Tom and I do get a little nervous. And if we were to be searching for a mortgage lender and we came across a website that said, uh, you know, I have, I'm a six time, five star top mortgage broker, but never talked about the purpose. I think we would still harbor some fear. And the fact that you put it front and center, that it's, it's not about my numbers. It is literally about inspiration and trust so that you, my clients, and me, we all can shine. I just think that is, it's just disarming, right? It just, it just feels, feels better, especially when we're talking about such a huge, huge investment. Right, right. Yeah, it is. And it, it's like I said, it's a scary, it's a scary thing. And there's a lot of unknowns and, and you know, even once we get them there to the pre-approval part, it's walking them through the next steps because they don't know what's going to happen next. And so while it's going through all that back-end paperwork mm-hmm. with underwriting that, we're still letting them know, hey, it's it's okay. We're, we should hear something in this, by this date and, yeah. and, and that. And so it calms them. Absolutely. Nothing is a surprise along the way. And if it is, you're there to walk them through it. Yes, yes. And, you know, the other thing that I really love um, with what I do is working with single women. Oh, tell and, me more. Yes. It's, 
um, I didn't realize that until I had a divorced woman who wanted to buy a house. And she's like, I don't think I can. And had all these fears. And I walked her through it. We did it. And when we closed, she she told me, she goes, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I never thought I could own my own home. Oh my gosh. And, and to be able to empower women to be able mm. to, to know that they can do this yeah. is, is huge. And I, I love, I love doing that. So I'm sure I can, your story took about 30 seconds and I can imagine the depth you went with this client to empower her and to take her from fear to closing on a house on her own. I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit, what, what were her fears? Can you help us feel what she was feeling? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, one of the things that she talked about was, um, you know, one being able to afford it and, and that, and not thinking she made enough money to Mm -hmm. be able to do it. And wasn't sure about how the process worked. So not understanding how the process worked, could she even do it? Mm-hmm. And, and so those were, I think, her biggest fears. Yeah. And, and once we talked about the process and talked about how it was going to work and that she can and making sure that she didn't buy too much of a house that she couldn't continue to save and mm-hmm. have money. So when that hot water heater mm-hmm. goes out or mm-hmm. she wants some furniture that she can still afford it because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is be like, say house poor. Right. Absolutely. It's almost like this is a great analogy for just any, any kind of wild dream that we women have, right? Our first inclination is, I don't think we can afford it or do it. Right. And it is a great reminder that it is so important to find the right mentor or lender or coach or someone to walk them through the process to show them that they can, as long as they, you know, follow the process and they can do it responsibly. Right. Right. You're like a dream maker. Happen. Yeah. Maker happener. (laughs) Maker happener. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it makes me, that's what keeps me going is knowing that Mm -hmm. I've been able to, to help people. And yesterday I got an email back. Um, I sent out a little St. Patrick's day email Mm -hmm. and I had, um, a, a woman that just, we did, they got in their house last early last year. And she goes, and my son keeps telling me, mom, I love this house so much. Oh, cute. For her to say, send that to me. And I just told her, you made my day. You made my day. I don't know of any lenders that send uh, St. Patrick's Day fun little emails. What's this email? Like, do you email just past clients or what is your email about? about? So, um, you know, it's also about staying in touch with with my clients mm-hmm. and letting them know that I'm, I'm here for you mm-hmm. and, and that you're not just a transaction and mm-hmm. I'm done and I forget about you. So mm-hmm. I send them 
various holiday ones. And it was just a cute little happy St. Patrick's Day, um, nothing much. And I make sure on their birthdays that Mm. I send them something uh, just to know that they're important to me. I mean, they are, my, my clients are who make me who I am. And they allow you to live into your purpose. Yes. Mm. Yes. And do you send educational information as well? Yes. Yes. So um, I have an email that I send out to them that is, it's a service that I um, subscribe to, but it it gives them an email of, hey, this is what your house value Mm -hmm. is right now. This is your equity. This is what you can do. And so there's some things that they can look into and just see, huh, would it make sense to sell and get another house, a, a larger go, you know, downsize, right. upsize, whatever. Hmm. Do I have equity that mm-hmm. maybe I can pull out and either do some remodel mm-hmm. or gosh, I've got a lot of credit card debt that yep. has just been, I, I can't get ahead of. Yeah. And so those are some things that, that they, they can just play on, play with themselves. So they get market updates. From me. Okay. Yeah. And then I will also keep an eye on it. And so with last year rates being so incredibly low, Mm -hmm. I was able to reach out and like, Hey, let's take, do a mortgage review. Does it make sense? And so we were able to go through that and, and see, and there was a couple clients that we pulled out some equity to pay off some debt. Their cash flow was over a thousand dollars a month by paying off those credit cards and putting it in there. And so now I'm like, okay, now that you've saved that thousand dollars, that doesn't mean you can go spend it. Let's put it in an investment. Let's put it in your rainy day fund. Let's, Mm. you know, so I I try and educate them on, okay, now that you've saved the money, let's continue on that right path. And if someone hasn't done a mortgage with you, would you be willing to do a mortgage review with them? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And and what I do is um I'll I'll have them send the their most recent mortgage statement. Oh because okay. it has all the information. Uh-huh. I'll do some look to see if they have equity and then um I ask them what their credit score is, what they mm-hmm. think it is, because that's what rates are based off. They're based okay. off your credit score, your equity. Um so uh by looking at that and getting an idea. And then I tell them, obviously, until I pull your credit, okay. if your credit is higher or lower, depending on what they tell me, it could, it could change. But then at least we can see, oh yeah, you're going to save $250 a month. This, and by lowering your rate, this is going to save you how many tens of thousand dollars in, in interest payments over the next 10 years. Uh, so okay. I, um, I have a program where I can break that down so that they can see how much money they're going to be saving. Wow. Okay. All right. So this service that you provide is available to any of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We kind of started talking about the fact that money is a scary financing, money, saving, debt. It's a scary topic. And I think like you said, you know, it's it's like standing in front of you naked. It's there's these stigmas around it. I mean, I remember, no, I what I remember growing up about money is not remembering anything. My parents talked about nothing. There was, it was a, it was taboo. It was very taboo. And when I started working at the bank way back when, 
I didn't know how to balance a checkbook. And I was expected to help little, my cute little old lady clients do that. And I didn't know how, cause I hadn't been taught. Right. This is something we're not taught. And I really, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to help our listeners go from living a life on default to one that's lived on purpose. So if we put that in the context of money, I feel like a lot of us are living in default. Maybe we're paycheck to paycheck. Maybe we're not, but maybe we don't really have a plan. So can we kind of start talking about creating a plan and taking the stigma off of it? Absolutely. So the first thing that I tell people and I'm not the first one to say it. You hear it all the time Mm -hmm. is pay yourself first. Oh, so every time, every paycheck, even if it's $25, put $25 into a savings account. If you can put 50, a hundred or whatever, put that money away because then if something happens Mm -hmm. and your car breaks down or you know, something a little bit more expensive, you have the ability to pay for it and not put it on the credit card. I see. Because if you put after bills, so after our fixed bills, and then we have this little chunk of money, pay yourself first means to take off of of that money and put it into savings. Correct. Okay. It actually also in, in, we always have a little bit left over. So instead of paying your bills, it's not that you're I not going to pay I your see. bills. Okay. Is you know you have X amount of dollars each month mm-hmm. or each pay, pay pay period to do whatever you want to do. Go buy your lattes. Go yep. buy your, you know. So mm-hmm. put that in. And like I said, start small at $25 if that's yeah. all it can be. Right. And then pay your bills. Uh-huh. And and kind of moving in that direction if you do have a lot of credit cards, what you want to do is pay the one that has the least amount of balance off first. Okay. And then let's say you've been paying $25 a month to that. And then your other higher bill was $50 a month uh-huh. and you've been only doing minimum payments. Uh-huh. Now take that $25 that you paid off and add it to the next mm. bill that with the lowest balance. And now you're paying 75. Okay. And then work your way up with that. Because if you only make your minimum payment, it's going to take you 15, 20 years to pay it off without making any additional payment. And then you think about how much interest that is that you don't get to write off. (sighs) That's not tax deductible. It's, it's, it's huge. And I was in that position not that long ago. And I would, every time I did my taxes, I would add up how much interest I paid Oof. over the years. And yeah, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I need a glass of wine, right? <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm going to save, cause I know you have a program for that. Because it, the, and I really want to talk about that debt blasting, right? Is that what it's called? Debt blasting? Debt blaster. Debt blaster. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I do want to just stay on the pay yourself first for a minute because the way you talk about it is so empowering. And, and when I hear you got to save, that sounds like something I have to do. It sounds super boring. Rainy day fund doesn't sound fun either. Pay yourself first before you buy the lattes, before you pay all the bills that are going to be paid. And you put that into an account 
that is for you, that sounds so much more empowering. I just like your verbiage around it so much more than an emergency fund or whatever. Right. And the other thing that you can do is open up multiple accounts. So if you're able to save um, and label and label it, because most accounts, you can call it whatever you want in the, in the online system. So you can have it fun money or vacation fund or rainy day fund. So you can categorize them for whatever your goal is. Yeah. House fund. Yep. So if by labeling that, um, it kind of gives you a little bit more excitement to know, like you said, instead of, all right, this is my emergency fund. Yeah. yeah. Pay yourself first. Okay. So that's what you would do first. You'd pay yourself first. And then the credit card, your idea is pay the least balance and then take that payment, add it to the next one and so on. Um, and use that process uh, for credit cards. Any tips on how to help us talk about money? So a lot of us are in, we have, a, we have partners and we may not discuss money until we're, we either don't have it or it's time to buy a house. And so any tips for us who are in a relationship where we share, we co-mingle to maybe take away the stigma there? Yes, that's that's always a challenge uh, for, I think, for everyone. And I think that, you know, money can be one of the biggest arguments that that couples have is over money. And and so there's a couple things that you can do. And it depends on your relationship. I mean, some people can just sit down and talk about it. Mm -hmm. I think if you can write, if whoever is like the bill payer in the family, Mm -hmm. make a spreadsheet. Okay. And talk about, uh, you know, put every bill that you have that is a revolving debt. And then another section where you put all the bills that are your living expenses, so your maybe house payment, utilities, cell phone, things like that in, in the bottom, because those are just living expenses. Okay. And then you have that. And then each month as you make your payments, bring that balance down. Okay. I mean, that's one thing kind of for the debt blaster, but then take that and just share it with your significant other and say, Hey, you know, this is where we're at. This is what we make. Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of goals do you have? What do you want to do this next year? And just ask them the question of, you know, are there vacations that you want to go on? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, do we want to buy a house in the next year? Mm -hmm. Do we need to buy a car in the next year? Whatever those are, and ask them the questions of what their goals are, that kind of opens it up that it's not that you're not the one that is saying this is what we have to do. Right. And then when it's on paper, they can take a look at it mm-hmm. and and see where you are financially. And then a lot of times the other partner doesn't really know. And yeah. they're like, oh, wow, I had no idea this yeah. is where we're at. And so I think that that is a really good way to open it up. And I think with, with kids, um, what is really helpful to do is if you do pay them an allowance, Uh teach them how to separate the accounts. Okay. You get X amount for, for your allowance, 10% of that or 20% or half of it goes into your savings account so that when you want 
a car when you turn 16 (laughs) or whatever you have. And then this money you can, you can spend. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's one thing that I actually did with my, my kids were little, little kid models when they were young. And so, um, I, I, when they got paid, Mm -hmm. I would put, when they were too young to do that, I would put their money away, but I would always give them a portion Mm -hmm. of it so that they could spend it. Mm -hmm. And so that they knew, and then as they got older, then they could see how that worked. I love that. It is so important, especially with kids, because they don't learn it in school. They don't. And a lot of, a lot of adults don't have good financial responsibilities because those credit cards are so easy. Right. And I think it's also embarrassing to not know. Like, I think all of a sudden we're adulting and we're supposed to know it all. And if we were never taught about money or about this spreadsheet system or how to have the conversation or even to start having the conversation, it could be really hard to start because the walls are already up. So what I'm hearing is put it on a spreadsheet, black and white. There's no gray area with a black and white Excel spreadsheet or whatever. Yes. Yes. That, that changed it for me is even though I balanced my checkbook, I paid the bills and I knew where they were. Once I put that all out there, Mm -hmm. it was like, holy Mm. crap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was able to watch it. And then I'm, I'm a very competitive person and (laughs) a goal oriented challenge, challenge person. And Mm -hmm. so for me, by doing that, I'm like, okay, I can get this one paid off. I've got extra, you know, so I put all the extra money that I could on that paying off that, the lowest bill and then moving it up and, and then to watch that and then to finally get a zero balance in that column. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. It's taking us right into the debt bossing. First of all, do you have a a suggestion where we could find this this spreadsheet that that holds our bill bills and that sort of thing? Yeah, I am I'm sure there's some online. I have one okay. that I am happy to share. Okay. And um and it's it's an Excel spreadsheet. So it's really simple. And then each month that I um or when the year was over, mm-hmm. I'd make another tab. Okay. For the next year. And, and it was really nice because when you do that, you can see where you were. Yeah. And where you are. Ah. Uh, okay. And, and to see that improvement because it is a slow process to happen. And, um, unless you have the ability to, you own a home and you can refinance and, mm-hmm. and pay them all off, it, it, it's a slow process. Yeah. So, uh, well, I appreciate it, you saying that because I think, like you said, we live in a drive through society. I was just listening to a podcast this morning about, um, fat loss and calories in versus calories out plus time. That was the key ingredient. And you're saying the exact same thing when it comes to finances, the money in money out plus time. I love that reminder that we don't have to know it all or do it all yesterday or today or tomorrow. It is this lifestyle. Yes. And, and it's, it's about progress, Mm. not perfection. Yes. 
And um, I know you know this one from Peloton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they talk about it all the time. That's my new obsession. But anyways, uh, it, it, it is. It's about taking it one day at a time. And, you know, with if if you're looking at your your diet, it's like, okay, just one day I'm not going to eat this. Mm-hmm. Where finances, it's still one day at a time. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of in either one, two week increments because of when people get paid. Yes. Okay. So you okay. you can only really monitor it there. Mm-hmm. However, what you can do is that one day at a time, if you get your lattes every every morning, like, right. okay, I'm not going to get a latte one day this week. Mm. And then two days this week. And then you take that money and put it into right. an account. Uh, and in fact, if people that are trying to quit smoking mm-hmm. is it's like, okay, how much is a pack of cigarettes now? I don't know, $10, $15. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you don't, you know, smoke a pack of cigarettes, put that $15 into an account so you can go get yourself something fun, you know? Yeah. yeah right. Um, so it's, it's rewarding yourself. Uh, I love it. It's not a punishment to put money into savings. It's a reward. Yes. That's absolutely. A thing, huh? It is. Okay. Tell us about your debt blaster. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> we've kind of touched on yep. it, um, um, a little bit. Um, but it's, it's, a multiple level of things. I think the biggest thing for me in the debt blaster is to create yourself a spreadsheet. Okay. Time out. First question I just want to ask, do you know any stats on like the amount of debt Americans keep or do you you know any of that? Or maybe, maybe think of your clients, you know? So again, the stigma, right? The stigma is I shouldn't be in debt. Uh, Well, shit, I am. So this is embarrassing. So do we know anything about how much debt Americans keep on credit card at, you know, or do you just know that, that people do your clients come to to you and they've got maxed out credit cards in multiple areas? Yeah. Okay. So the average debt in 2020 for people are in credit card debt is Uh 5,315. Okay. Student loans are 38, um, 38, over 38,000 and personal loans are um, 16,458. So that's the average debt. However, in the credit card and what I see, yeah. I see a lot more okay. um, what do than you that. See? Um, I, I usually will see um, many times more like $10,000 in, okay. in credit card debt. Okay. Um, and that is the hardest thing to get, to get rid of. Okay. Because people typically only make that minimum payment. Mm-hmm. And if you only make that minimum payment, it's going to be, it's going to be impossible to, to pay down in any okay decent amount of time. So there, the, the credit card debt is one of the hardest things okay. to, like I said, I think to get, to get rid of for people because it's so easy. It is so and people, easy. people don't carry cash. And- Aiden, my oldest, you know, he turned 18 and guess what has been in our mailbox? Oh, credit yeah. card application after credit card application. It is insane. And so, okay, back to debt blasting. So I just wanted to ask that question really quick because if you, listener, we have credit card debt, there is no shame. And absolutely, it's not helpless. There is a way 
out. Okay. Absolutely. Lisa's going to share how. So you said start with a spreadsheet. Yes. And, and knowing exactly what your balances are, what your payments are, will allow you to put your plan together. Okay. Uh, the other thing that you want to do, going back to what I said earlier, is pay yourself first. Okay. Because if you lose your job or if something bad happens, mm-hmm. you don't have to live off of your credit cards. Okay. So, um, but pay yourself first, okay. then make yourself your spreadsheet and then pay those debts off one at a time, focus on one and then move up. Okay. Um, and, and as I did that, I made a, a fair amount of headway. Yeah. And for us though, we were just not kind of getting over the hump. Okay. And I was able to get out of it a little bit quicker because I did take a look at, we had equity. And so what I ended up doing was I did a cash out refinance Mm -hmm. and I had the cash flow. um, And this is kind of embarrassing too, but it is what it is. I had like $1,200 cash flow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, why? I looked at the numbers and I'm like, why am I continuing to do this? I don't want to, and I shortened my, my loan. So I didn't add, add, add more to my loan term, Okay, um, which was, which was great. And, and so with all of that and to still save money, I'm like, that's a no brainer. Right. So then now, ever since I did that, I'm able to take that money Mm-hmm. that I was paying on credit cards and put it into my accounts. Yeah. So I have a fun money account. Mm. I had, I had enough to save up to do our remodel. So we yeah. didn't have to pay that. So, um, you know, having that goal of, of what it was, it's, it's not rocket science. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is very, it's very basic yeah. and it's just taking it one step Mm-hmm. And one day at a time and looking at what you're spending every day. What are your, your no brainer kind of expenses Starbucks. like <laughs> Starbucks? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. and, and so what is the one thing that you can cut out? And, and this is a lot like people that are going on a diet or want yeah. to lose weight yeah. or whatever. They're going to, they, they go, okay. I'm going to work out an hour every day. I'm going to, you know, not do this. I'm going to, I'm going to cut out this. I'm going to do that. Yes. You're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. And so if you do it one thing at a time, don't do it all. I mean, if you can get your spreadsheet together and then just start with paying yourself first. And then once you do that, then start adding something else. And, and by, with paying off the bills, if you focus on that little one first, all you're worried about is paying off that one bill. Okay. The other ones you're just paying. Okay. Just pay off that one bill. Okay. Then you get to move up to the next one. Yeah. And then it doesn't become so overwhelming. Right. Cause it because does. I, yeah, it does. And, and, you know, we can get overwhelmed so quickly. Yep. And when there are too many things out there, all we start doing is just spinning and right. we do nothing. And we say, fuck it. We do nothing. Yes, exactly. exactly. It's like, and I love that you said, you know, um, what are you going to cut out? 
But you had said earlier, if you're going to Starbucks seven days a week, maybe you go six in that one day. You're not asking your clients or us to make this huge life shift radical change that feels like deprivation that is not sustainable. You're saying, take a look. What is sustainable? What could we put into practice that we can continue? And then once we got that lockdown, just that one thing, then we add. Yes, exactly. And the other thing is, gosh, if you can make yourself lunch, if you don't work from home, if you can make yourself lunch one day a week, if you add up all the amounts of, you know, seven to $10 that you spend on lunch, if you're going to a quick drive through, um, and you add that up, if you could just one day a week, make your own lunch. I think it's huge. It is huge and it doesn't feel huge at the time. So it's amazing. It's wonderful to hear, you know, Seattle's top mortgage lender telling us that that is huge. That small little drop of the bucket is huge. So what would you, we're going to leave the debt blasting there. You said it's, I love it. I love that there's like four little steps. It's simple, maybe not so easy, but it's simple to get started and implement right away. What would you tell someone who's been looking into this podcast who? Still thinks I don't think I can afford a house. Let's talk. Yes. Yeah. Why? Because what I can do is we can take a look at at it and say, all right, you actually can, or you can in a certain period of time. So I can help look at the big picture. And I think the big thing is, especially those people that maybe are, um, uh, paying, well, most people are paying some sort of rent if they don't own. And maybe you're not paying too much for rent and you want to buy a house that is $500 a month more than what you're paying in rent. That's the first thing I tell them to do. Take that $500 a month and put it into your savings account, into your house funds, because it's going to do two things because some people think that they can afford a lot more than what they can. Mm -hmm. And what I tell them, and I said, if you can keep that $500 a month in your account without touching it, Mm -hmm. then you're going to be fine. If you're taking out a hundred dollars of that 500 because you're needing to live on it, then you need to maybe rethink about what you're going to be able to afford. And the other thing is, is some people think that they need to pay off all their credit card before Mm -hmm. they buy a house. And that's not necessarily the case. The thing is, is you do need to have credit cards. They can be the Mm. most evil thing. But what I tell people is if you don't use your credit, you're going to lose it. Meaning if you don't have any credit card um, or any kind of debt that is a revolving debt, you will end up losing a credit score. So, Okay. So I'm hearing there's so much to it, but really the number one thing is go talk to Lisa. If you, yes. have, if you have an inkling to want to purchase and you have the inkling of doubt, go talk to Lisa. She'll tell you straight up and she'll hold your hands through it. Absolutely. I remember, I don't know, I think I was 24 when I bought my first house and we didn't know each other back then, but I remember living, I was living at home with Aiden single. And I was at my friend's house and she was my, my age and, and she lived in this cute, tiny baby, little pocket house. Like you could put it in your back pocket. It was so little, <laughs> so cute. And I remember having a glass of wine with her in her little baby kitchen and think, I'm so jealous of you. You own this. Like you, I'm, I'm looking around in awe. You own this. And she looked at me and she said, you could too. And 
Nice. That is what you're telling our, our listeners. Mm-hmm. You can too. The empowerment of that statement is still with me, obviously. And so I just think it's so refreshing to have you on this podcast saying the exact same thing to everybody listening. You can too. Yes, absolutely. It might not be tomorrow, but you can do it. And there's nothing better than, like you said, having that feeling of home ownership and knowing Mm -hmm. that this is all yours. Yeah. So I could talk to you for three more days straight, <laughs> especially if we started talking about the Peloton, Yeah, right. <laughs> but we got to wrap it up. So first of all, before we do my last question, where can our listeners find you and maybe do a little stalking, maybe check Lisa out, see what you're all about and gain some no like and trust before they pick up the phone and call. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I have an Instagram, okay. um, which is Lisa Stefan. Um, or Lisa M. Stefan, I should know okay. that. <laughs> and um, I'm on Facebook, Lisa Stefan Mortgage. Okay. And um, also website is lisastefan.com, keeping it, keeping it simple. Perfect. Um, and uh, um, yeah, so they can reach out to me um, any, any of those ways. They can reach out to me on my phone, um, call or text, which okay. is 425-478-3711. And, um, yeah, happy to talk to you, set up the goals and, uh, get you, get you going. Cool. Thank you so much. So, uh, we're going to wrap it up with my last question. Lisa Stefan, what does living on purpose mean to you? I'm watching you and uh, living on purpose and, um, I admire you and Mm -hmm. how you live on purpose and, and that, and I think for me, the biggest thing about living on purpose is being present is being when you're with someone to have that phone Mm -hmm. set away and not have the distractions because in my business, it can do that to me a lot. And so that's, that's been my focus as, as far as the purpose is just to really be present. I love that. That was a beautiful answer and from a beautiful soul. Thank you so much, Lisa, mm-hmm. for being here. It's been an honor and um, I just appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun and love what you do and love how you encourage and inspire women and people all around. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Living on Purpose podcast. It has been a blast hanging out with you. If you loved this week's episode, please hit that subscribe button. That way you won't miss any future goodness we throw your way. Craving community and connection with like-minded badass women? Feel free to join us in the Living on Purpose Facebook group. And of course, the best gift that you could possibly give is an honest review on iTunes. All right, that's it. Until next time always keep living on purpose.